From Yahoo Finance, this is Electionomics. I'm Rick Newman. And I'm Alexis Christophorus. And this week, we are talking about the resuscitation of Joe Biden's campaign. I like the way the New York Post put it. He's alive after Super <laughs> Tuesday. Rick Newman, uh, first off, not to be too backward looking, but what happened to sort of swing the momentum? Who can Joe Biden thank for that? Is it South Carolina? Is it Congressman Clyburn for putting his uh, his support behind Biden? I think it's that. Um, so it's a sort of an all of the above uh, development. And the change in momentum here has been so dramatic. I mean, even Joe Biden is surprised. I mean, <laughs> I mean so just to uh, illustrate how surprising it is. So going into the South Carolina primary on the 29th, uh, I mean, the expectation then was that Biden would win, but that it would probably be pretty close. And it wasn't close at all. I mean, it was a landslide for Biden. And then in Super Tuesday, uh, Biden Biden did win some of the southern states where there's a stronger proportion of black voters than in uh, the north, some of the northeastern and midwestern states. But he won Minnesota. Total surprise. He didn't even campaign in Minnesota. Now, we know pretty much why he won Minnesota, because Amy Klobuchar, the senator from Minnesota, dropped out of the presidential race and endorsed him. But even even when she did that, the expectation was that Joe Biden would would win Minnesota and uh, excuse me, that Bernie Sanders would win Minnesota. And here comes Biden and wins it. Joe Biden wins Massachusetts. Amazing. Senator what Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren's, Warren? Senator her Elizabeth home, Warren's state. home state and Bernie Sanders' backyard because he's from Vermont just to the north and Joe Biden wins that too. So what's too. happening here? Is Bernie Sanders losing the younger voter? He's no, he's not. He's winning the young. He is winning the younger voter, but there just aren't enough of them. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders has been up until now ha had been. He's not the front runner anymore. Biden is now the front runner. Um, Bernie Sanders had been the front runner mainly because uh, a the moderate vote was getting split among four or five candidates. And since we've seen the, a rapid consolidation of the moderates behind one guy, Joe Biden, um, so now mostly all that moderate vote, and this is going to be even more pronounced in forthcoming elections. I mean, for Super Tuesday, which was March 3rd, um, in, in a couple of the states, a lot of the vote was actually early voting. People who mailed in ballots, they could have mailed in ballots two or three weeks ago, which means before Biden's surge in South Carolina and before this big um, change in momentum. So, um, but now I, I mean, every every Mike analyst, out of this every analyst now. I know, I've been following, is surprised, uh, if not gobsmacked, by um, Biden's surge here because it's just hard to think of a time when there was this dramatic of a turnaround in such a short period of time. I mean, even when uh, Trump surprised everybody by winning the Republican nomination in 2016. But the shift in momentum didn't happen this quickly. Right. Um, you had a lot of candidates who stayed in it well beyond this point, and it was kind of a slugfest in 2016. Well, so I think it highlights how splintered, we keep using that word, how splintered this party has been, and how most of the party probably is moderate Democrat. And when you take away the other players like Buttigieg, Klobuchar, and Bloomberg, where are those moderate Democrats going to go? They're going to go behind Joe Biden. Yeah, and I, I so I would take that one step further and say, it turns out Democrats as a party are really not that splintered at right. all. So there were a lot of candidates um, vying for the vote. But uh, so here's so here's what we're learning from. Uh, so I've got these are some exit poll uh, results here. Um, so Biden is um, doing really well with voters over 45. That's not surprising. But when you just compare him and Sanders, uh, Biden is doing much better among voters over 45. And Sanders is doing much better 
uh, among voters under 45, which is which means young people. I mean, we know there's this uh, <laughs> kind of um, surprising, ironic situation that the oldest guy in the race is the most popular among the youngest voters. Um, the problem for Sanders is that he's not getting enough young voters to actually turn out and vote, not, not even close. And uh, we can talk for a second. You know, there have been some these sort of national polls saying, um, would you, w among all these Democrats, how would you vote against this Democrat, this Democrat versus Trump? So mostly it has been Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, Bernie Sanders, and Joe Biden. And uh, Sanders has done well in those polls. Uh, those polls show him actually beating Trump by maybe six or eight percentage points. Um, but that is, I think, misleading. And there's now been some more detailed analysis of that. So first of all, those are national polls. They're not focused on what would actually happen in the six or eight swing states that are going to determine the election. Uh, and second of all, it um, for Bernie Sanders to beat Donald Trump would require a record level of turnout among young voters. And we're not seeing anything close to that in the primary election so far. So um, Ber Bernie Sanders, I guess, thinks his revolution is going to start with young people. And the young people are kind of like, meh. So with- Maybe not. With Klobuchar, Buttigieg, and now Bloomberg backing Biden, what can trip him up at this point? And, and does a contested convention in July, which we kept talking about, yeah. look less and less likely now? Uh, it's hard to say. So it's going to be a while before we know the final vote tally for Super Tuesday. We should point out Bernie Sanders did probably win California. I think it's safe to say he did win California. He doesn't get all the 415 delegates from California, but he's going to get more than Biden. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, this was unthinkable a week ago that Biden actually has the delegate lead now. And there does seem to be a pathway to Biden winning by simply getting a majority of the delegates. Um, so for the, I think, you know, they're, they're among the momentous developments here, uh, it's not the biggest one. So the other candidates falling in line behind, uh, behind Biden, and that's uh, Klobuchar, Buttigieg, and also Beto O'Rourke. Um, so, you know, Joe Biden right, won Texas. Joe Biden him. won Texas. Also, kind of unexpected. I mean, again, uh, Bernie Sanders has been very strong among Hispanics, who are strongly represented in Texas. And there was an expectation. Uh, I mean, it was pretty close in Texas, but I think the odds were Biden, excuse me, I, I keep messing up Biden because it's Bernie and Biden. Right, so the two Bs. So the expectations were was that, that Sanders was going to take Texas. Sanders was going to win um, Texas, and he didn't. And it's possible that Beto O'Rourke uh, maybe helped Joe Biden get over the top mm -hmm. in Texas. Um, so, but the I think at this point, the even bigger development, even more momentous, is Bloom, Bloomberg not just dropping out, but he said, you know, I am now behind Joe Biden, who he called my friend and a great American. And remember, Mike Bloomberg has said he will do whatever it takes to defeat Donald Trump. And right, what that's that, been his mission most, all along. Mostly, so yep. Mostly, not surprised that he's doing this, frankly. But mostly that means spend however much money it takes. So if Joe Biden, Joe Biden's campaign was broke. Two weeks ago, they were out of money. I mean, they barely had offices open in some of these important Super now Tuesday states. Now they're not. States. Not with somebody now, now like Mike Bloomberg's deep Now this pockets. could end up being the most flush campaign right. in the history of American politics if right. you if you count Ironically. Bloomberg's money. Yeah. So what is what will Bloomberg actually do? I mean, he can't he can't put unlimited amounts of money into Biden's campaign directly, but he can put unlimited amounts of, of money into what would essentially be a super PAC type of operation. Um, and that would, if, if that would just be 
um, camp, you know, spent in running ads and and uh, get out the vote efforts and uh, other things you would do um, against Donald Trump and in favor of Joe Biden. And because uh, billionaires can, you know, through that mechanism, through the super PAC mechanism, he he, uh, he can essentially spend as much as they want. Um, we're going to see. We've already seen an unprecedented amount of spending for a, an election because of Bloomberg and also because of Tom Steyer, but mostly because of Bloomberg. And without a doubt, we're we're going to see a lot more of it. So I think the odds are stacking up um, against Trump's reelection in ways that I, I think almost nobody expected Inclu- to see. At this including point. Trump. I know I'm putting the cart before the horse here, but do you think perhaps we could see Mike Bloomberg? take a cabinet position if Biden were to go all the way to the White House. I mean, I know Mike personally having worked for him years ago, I find it hard to believe he would. But again, if his mission is to make it a better world for all of us, maybe he thinks he can do that in a position within the cabinet. Uh, It's I mean, it's certainly plausible. Uh, I mean, it's not out of the norm for uh, the people who, you know, the most ran against you to, to be in your cabinet. Uh, you know, but Biden and Bloomberg ran a gentlemanly contest against each Those other. Two I mean, did. you never saw the two of them going after each other. I mean, the, the you know the more uh, vitriolic, uh, and there wasn't much of this because remember Bloomberg was only in two debates, and there have been I think almost maybe ten. Uh, I've lost count, even though I've watched almost all of them. Uh, Elizabeth Warren is really the one who she went after Bloomberg, yeah. and you've even seen some analysis after Super Tuesday saying uh, Biden should thank Warren for bringing down Bloomberg. I don't buy that so much. I think Bloomberg. I think it backfired on Warren, the way she acted I in guess. those debates. Uh, Let's, I, what I think, about Warren now? I, well, Wait let, a minute. Let what? me finish on Bloomberg and then we'll talk. All right. I, I think, so much I think Bloomberg about, right? just kind of brought himself down. I mean, he was just so bad in the debates. He was so flat and, um, you know, he looked irritated and he just he did not make his case well at all. Um, I, that was on him. I mean, I, th- I thought Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders both gave him openings where he could have, you know, defended himself better and made a stronger case. Anyway, he's out. So we don't really have to talk about him. And Warren, uh, I mean, she could so, be out any moment now, but yeah. I mean, what is she hanging on for? So as we're sitting here, she's still in the race. Right. I, I think that by the time our uh, millions of audience members are watching and listening to this podcast, um, she probably will be out. Um, she, pro- I mean, she can't go much beyond the middle or the end of March. So what next for her? Is she on somebody's ticket? Is she on the Sanders ticket? It's a great question um, because I, it's not a given that she would even, um, that she she will endorse somebody. It's not a given that Sanders will be the the person she endorses. Now, why not? Because ideologically they are the closest of the candidates. So why wouldn't she? I can't get into her head, but remember there was, first of all, there was um, this sort of personal disagreement with, uh, Sanders supposedly saying behind the scenes at some point within the last couple of years, there's no way a woman like Elizabeth Warren can win. And then, you know, did you call me a liar? This, ac- this gets out into the press and what he's denying it. And she's saying, are you calling me a liar? Then she didn't shake his hand at the end of the one debate. That was debate. a testy little bit of I, I, TV yeah, after who, a Who debate. knows how much of a sort of personal squabble there really is there. But, um, I mean, if Elizabeth Warren is really smart, She's been she's been really has been a great campaigner. And it's a little bit mystifying why she faded the way she did. I mean, uh, essentially not winning a single primary. And when you lose your home state, you're done. I'm sorry. But if you can't win your home state, the people who know you the best, it's tough. You 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 don't. How can you convince people in other states that you, the people who know you the best are wrong? And what was um, like, Walter Mondale did the same thing. He yeah. lost his own. So did Al Gore. Al Gore state. lost yep. Tennessee in the year 2000. Anyway, um, so. 
let's say Elizabeth Warren wants to be a player. Let's say she's just purely calculating about she wants to be in the next Democratic administration and she's trying to make the best guess about who that is likely to be. Uh, she may conclude that Joe Biden has, especially now that Bloom, there's all this consolidation among right. the moderates behind Joe Biden and Bloomberg's money is behind Joe Biden. So she may conclude Biden's just more likely to win. And if she wants to have any role at all, she needs to basically get on the winning team. Um, or she could say, I'm with Bernie the whole way. I mean, she, you know, that was a catchphrase for her on when she just say uh, her health care position, Medicare for all. I'm with Bernie. Is she still with Bernie? Don't know. Now, moving, thinking ahead to the general election, the, the southern states here, at least in Super Tuesday, paid off for Joe Biden. But in a general election, those would be the same states that actually went for Trump in the, in the last election. Do you Mostly. think we'll see that flop again, that flip-flop again? Uh, it, I mean, it's one of the really interesting questions about what's going on in this race. So North Carolina is a swing state for sure. North Carolina went for Trump in 2016. But there does seem to be a good chance that a compelling Democrat could win North Carolina this time around. There's some talk that Georgia, which has been a red state, uh, could go for a Democrat this type of time around. I mean, it would have to be sort of uh, the perfect combination of candidate and circumstances and timing based on what the thing, what's going on in the economy and endorsements that might be influential in Georgia. Probably it won't go Democratic, but it could. Florida, always a swing state. It has tipped in the uh, uh, to the Republicans uh, a couple of times, you know, in crucial elections a lot you know, during the last couple of decades. Um, totally at play, though. And uh, Texas. I mean, so there's even some talk that Texas, where Hispanics are becoming a larger portion of the population, could possibly go for a Democrat. I mean, Houston, for example... Uh, the Houston metro area voted for Hillary Clinton, and Democrats are strong in the cities there. Texas used to be a blue state. Right. Uh, it has been red for like 25 years. Uh, but maybe that will tip back. And we've even heard, had some analysts on Yahoo Finance saying um, if Biden is the nominee, he could – because he's, he's more popular among older voters, could even put places like Arizona in play where there's so a higher population of older voters. If you're advising Biden for a moment, play make believe – where do you tell him to put his resources in the coming weeks and months? In, in Florida, for instance, where should he spend most of his time and resources? Biden obviously has to clinch the nomination first. And again, that is not a given. Um, so don't so keep your eyes on the prize. You know, I would say don't look ahead to the next thing. Um, well, in so the next few weeks, what should his master Michigan plan be? is a big deal. So Bernie Sanders won Michigan right. in 2016. Now the former governor of Michigan has now endorsed Joe Biden. And you're going to see a lot. Elizabeth Warren has been in uh, Michigan, by the way, as well. How much do those endorsements, though, do you think really matter, though, to the everyday people in that particular state? I, I think the conventional wisdom uh, up until recently has been they're nice to have, but yeah. not crucial. But South Carolina and Jim Clyburn, I mean, that's a good um, example. Uh, some of the reporting from South Carolina where Biden had that amazing sweep, uh, people did say, yes, Clyburn's um, endorsement, that's why I voted for Biden. I mean, that may be a unique situation where uh, one politician is sort of uniquely influential, um, but they certainly don't hurt. And you can, you can go online and find counts of endorsements for the various candidates. And Biden has a ton. I mean, he has a ton of endorsements, and that's one of the reasons you're hearing Bernie Sanders complain that the establishment, the Democratic establishment, is ganging up against him. 
uh, and you're actually starting to hear some of the, you know, this is rigged, the Democratic establishment is rigging this. I think that's totally bogus. Uh, so watch out for Bernie Sanders and a lot of his supporters being sore losers, because what's happening is the Democratic establishment is voting for the establishment candidate. I mean, Bernie Sanders' whole identity is I'm not the establishment. I'm here to take down the establishment. Right. That's his whole rogue identity. So it's disingenuous for him to complain if the establishment seems to be working against him because he's not the establishment candidate. And this has got to just be, Donald Trump must be waking up saying, you know, what just happened? Not only do we have this momentum shift now within the party, Biden seems to be the front runner, but you also have coronavirus, a big challenge uh, health-wise, also for our economy. And he kept touting how the economy was doing well because of him. What will Trump need to do? How does Trump strategize now? Because I think it's a little premature for people to think, well, if it's going to be Biden, Trump, Trump wins. You and I did a podcast uh, at the beginning of the year when I was making my case for why Trump is going to lose. You did. And I think that case still holds and it might actually be stronger. So one very interesting thing we saw after Super Tuesday is this rebound in financial markets. Um, now, that has a lot more to do with coronavirus than it does with what's going on in the uh, Democratic primary. But it, uh, the Democratic outcome is probably a factor. And we saw a rally when um, Joe Biden seemed to vanquish the socialist Bernie Sanders on Super Tuesday. So now, you know, what's going on in markets is crazy. Tons of volatility and any rally can be undone in the next hour. So we'll probably see a lot more ups and downs. But if you're Trump... You're saying you have to, uh, if you're rational, if you're a rational Trump, uh, which is a, a ra kind of a radical proposition, but you have to be thinking if you're a rational Trump, wow, Joe Biden got some victories in the stock market liked that. How do I counter the narrative that the stock market but seems me, to be giving? Let me throw this out there. Is the, did the market react more to the fact that Bernie Sanders didn't have a big Super Tuesday than the fact that Joe Biden did? Yeah, yeah. probably. Um but we, everybody knows Trump would prefer to run against Bernie Sanders. Sure. I mean, he keeps He's tweeting about it. <laughs> he keeps try, he keeps like begging Elizabeth Warren to quit the race right. and get behind Bernie Sanders to uh, put a little bit more momentum behind the crazy socialist, as he brands Bernie Sanders, crazy Bernie. He wants um, Elizabeth Warren to help crazy Bernie get the nomination. And by the way, if you're Elizabeth Warren, what do you think about that? Um, are you going to, if you do quit the race and you do get behind Bernie Sanders, obviously she's she's maybe the smartest person in the race uh, at all of, among everybody this year. Um, sh surely she realizes um, she might be do, sort of like doing exactly what Trump wants her to. Would she care? I don't know. But um, would she care that it looks like she's doing what Trump Mike wants Bloomberg her to do? Mike Bloomberg did exactly kind of what she wanted him to do, but that didn't help him. He got rid of the NDAs. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't do a thing for, no. for Bloomberg either. Well, for neither so, one of them. So uh, Trump is having Trump has had a couple of very bad weeks um, and it comes right after Trump had a couple of terrific weeks for Trump. I mean, he beat impeachment. He started getting his way with everything in Washington. And it's just, you know, things change very fast in uh, politics or they can. Um, and we're still, what is it, eight months away from the election. And think how think how many times, you know, we're going to see uh, Trump up, Trump down. Biden up, Biden down. Um, if this election ends up being, it does end up being Trump versus Biden, it's going to be a flub fest. Uh, I mean, um, one of the things Trump, you know, Trump and his uh, sons and his and his other minions are uh, now 
uh, pursuing this, you know, Biden, the senile Biden meme, pretending that he doesn't even know where he is when he wakes up in the morning and, you know, sending out these very and we will, snide and you, tweets. we will not have heard the last of Hunter Biden and, and oh all my the controversy God. swirling around Biden's I think we may hear nothing but Hunter Biden. In right. fact, you know, here's the bumper sticker slogan for the Republicans. Where's Hunter? Right. Uh, does anybody care where Hunter Biden is? I mean, Hunter Biden's not running for but president. But this is what we're in for if it is going to be a yeah. Biden-Trump race. Yeah. And um, if you, you know, if you think about what the, so there will be three presidential debates between the two candidates, assuming they uh, make it that far. And um, I mean, I mean, I kind of can't wait um, to see Trump and Biden debate. But I also kind of can't stand to watch Trump and Biden debate. <laughs> it's a train I mean, wreck, and we just got to watch I mean, it. It's a car so wreck. Everybody knows the sensation of, I mean, Joe Biden is a likable guy. And everybody who's watched a debate or two knows the sensation when he's up there. I mean, you think he's got it together, but you're holding his breath. <laughs> oh, and, and then he stammers. And he closes his eyes like he's trying to think. Really I really hard for try the word. to follow him, and a lot of the time he just goes on tangents. And I and I and I've lost Biden. I've lost Biden. It's, but the same happens with Trump too. I have to say. Well, uh, there. So one of the uh, late night comedy shows actually put together a, a video reel. It's like three minutes long. Uh, I think it was Trevor Noah's show, which is what is Trevor Noah's show? I don't know. Guys, right now. Trevor, Trevor Noah's Noah. show. The Daily, Daily Show. show. Yeah. Okay. So he's got a, a actually pretty funny reel of a ton of Trump bloopers. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be blooper versus blooper. I mean, if you know, yeah. as these two guys yeah, run for late night for sure. Yeah. You know, and so what I've heard some people say is, um, you wish Joe Biden's thoughts came out of Bernie Sanders' mouth because <laughs> Bernie Sanders is very you know he's a good speaker. He's very forceful. Sure. Uh, he's generally clear um, and. He gets his point across, and Biden has trouble getting his point across. But um, in Biden's defense, I think the debate format is one of the worst settings for Biden. Mm -hmm. He's, uh, you know, the reporting from the campaign trails, if you've ever heard him speak, I mean, um, that debate format where you have to get your soundbite and you have to win with zingers and you've got 10 or 30 seconds to win with zingers, I mean, he's just terrible uh, in that format. When he's less pressured and he's just talking to voters, he's better. He still makes flubs. Um, he's just going to make flubs. He acknowledges he makes flubs, gaffes, whatever. Um, and that's going to be part of this race. But, um, I, you know, voters seem to be saying, at least Democratic voters seem to be saying, we don't mind. We yep. don't mind. We think this is what they're saying in the actual elections. Um, we think uh, Biden is best suited, best able to beat Trump. Well, there's going to be a lot of fodder for the folks over at Saturday Night Live and all the late night <laughs> folks. And uh, and we're going to see how this thing plays out Even yeah, a lot as, of fodder as, for as us. the primaries continue. Rick, uh, great, great chat today. And thank you all for, for watching and for listening. Be sure to follow me at Alexis TV News. And me at Rick J. Newman. And we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.